Good morning. It was actually uh, just this past uh, week I was there at Camp Schaefer to look in one of the children's camps. And uh, Courtney had made uh, her uh, cinnamon rolls and bacon. And uh, she told me that on the way there and uh, before I got there. And I said, well, I'll eat breakfast before I get there uh, just to make sure I don't do that. And she told me that was Josh's, one of your favorite breakfasts. Well, cinnamon rolls and bacon. I'm going back Monday. She said that's biscuits and gravy day. So again, I will eat breakfast before I get there. So uh, just to make sure I don't do that. Uh, Tammy and I are glad to be here uh, with you again. Um, served as pastor here for four years and uh, thankful to be back here today. Uh, since that time, my wife and I have written a book. It's called Imagine Not As Much. It's a Christ-centered weight loss strategy. Between us, uh, when I was here, you guys fattened me up. And uh, between us, uh, <laughs> we've lost about 100 pounds. And we've helped about uh, people lose about 4,000 pounds now uh, through our ministry. And we're going to be teaching a Zoom class this Thursday. If you'd like to uh, learn how to do it yourself, uh, be ha just send me your um, email address. I'll send you the link, and uh, you can join us for 13 weeks on knowing how you can uh, lose weight in a Christ-centered way. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, Nathan and Tammy Wisnett. It's not fancy, but it says has some pictures and some before and after pictures and some video testimonies. Um, and just uh, you can check us out on our uh, website, uh, nathanandtammyw.com. We do, have, we do try to do a blog uh, once a week. We started that a few weeks ago, and uh, just uh, some helpful tips on uh, keeping people on track. But we're glad that you are here today for homecoming. I remember homecoming here very well. One thing I remember is eating very, very well afterward. I saw at least one person carrying in a dish, so I know there's going to be food today. Um, there's going to be more than one dish, though, isn't it, Judy? Where did, where did she go? There you are. Is it more than one dish, or is it just yours? More than one, okay. If it's just yours, that would have been enough, but still, more than one. I will let you know now that I will only eat four things today. So, um, I will pick and choose carefully on that. So, four desserts. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Josh, so for that. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I would do that very well. Uh, but we're here to celebrate homecoming and to celebrate what it means to be a church. Y'all have been in existence for 76 years and so grateful for the two charter members that are here today. I'm glad that y'all are here and both of you still look so spry and young and ready to take on the world. So thankful for that. But how, how can we make sure that a church will continue for years, decades, and centuries to come until Jesus comes to call his church home. We do know that Jesus could come at any moment. He could come today before we get to the meal, and that would be okay, because then we'll have the heavenly banquet in heaven. He could come at any moment, at any time. But how can we make sure that we are in existence when Jesus comes to bring his church home? It's by asking one question, and I believe the title is in the bulletin, Wherefore standest thou without? You might think, well, that is a strange question. I'm not going to ask that. So we're going to look at the context and see how we can apply that to our daily life today. So turn with me in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 24, verse 31. Genesis chapter 24, verse 31. Just going to read one verse, but don't get excited. It will not be a short sermon. Genesis 24, verse 31. Please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. 
And he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I prepared the house and room for the camels. Please be seated and let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before your presence, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of a relationship with you. Father, I thank you for the rich and wonderful history of Tunnel Hill Baptist Church. Thank you for the lives that have been impacted and changed because of the ministry of this church and how they're reaching forth, even today, different parts of the country and around the world to make sure that the gospel is proclaimed. Father, I pray that as we look at your word today, that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts. Lord, that we may be attentive to your leading. I pray that we may be busy about sharing the good news of Jesus with those around us. We may take faithfully your word and your truth. Help us, dear Lord, in all that we say and do. May it give honor and glory to your name. And I especially pray of someone that is here today that does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that this may be the day that they accept Christ as Savior. Now hide me behind the cross of Calvary, dear Father, that your words may come forth and not mine own. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. In Genesis chapter 24, we have the biblical story of when Abraham sends his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac. He did not want Isaac to have a wife in the promised land of where he was. He wanted Isaac to have a wife from their homeland. So that's where he sent his servant. And the story goes that the servant prayed and said, If uh, when I come to a watering well, when I ask for water for myself, the one, the woman who says, I will water your camels also, may that be the one. May that be the wife that I'm supposed to take, take, take back to Isaac. Rebecca was that woman who said that, so he said, well, let me meet your family. That's where we come to this question. Rebecca brings Isaac home. She meets her brother Laban, who's taking care of her. And he asks this question in verse 31, wherefore standest thou without? In other words, why are you out there alone when you can come in and enjoy good fellowship with us and enjoy a, enjoy a good night's rest and Food uh, for your belly, take care of your camels before you go on your way. Why are you standing without when you can come inside to where it is a great place? As we think about this question as it applies today, this is the question we should be asking all people. Now, if you go up to someone this week and say, Wherefore standest thou without? They're going to think you're crazy. But how we apply that question is talking about spiritual things and inviting people to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you and I have found the most wonderful experience of all, and that is enjoying a relationship with Christ. And we should be sharing with others, telling others, and inviting others to come into that relationship, inviting others to enjoy that time uh, with the Lord, enjoy that time with the church, and enjoy that time with the fellowship of the saints before we go to heaven. But unfortunately, that does not happen quite often. In 2003, Tom Rainer came out with a book entitled uh, The Unchurched Next Door, 
I'll be referencing some information from that book today. 20 years of research, and he interviewed thousands of people. And who he interviewed were those who were recently unchurched, those who were brand new Christians that had just, had just come uh, to a saving knowledge of Christ. He also interviewed those who were truly unchurched, those who had no relationship with the Lord whatsoever. He found out, and the research um, backs us up, that it takes 85 church members to reach one person for Christ. 85 to reach one. Now, what does that mean? That means out of 85 people, only one is evangelistic. It means 84 out of 85 are not doing very well at all. And so our intent as born-again believers is to share the good news with others. And as we look at what it means to have a homecoming, what it means to have a church, a legacy that will last for a long, long time until the Lord comes back to bring His church home, I'm going to encourage you to think about being that one. Being that one out of the 85. And wouldn't it be exciting if every person here decided I'll be that one? Wouldn't that be exciting to, to know that spiritual conversations are happening all over the place and we are inviting people to have a relationship with Jesus? Tom Rainer gave the top 10 reasons why that question is not being asked. The top 10 reasons why people are not sharing their faith. Well, that, the reason that they are not inviting people to have a relationship with Jesus. We're going to look at those today. If you identify with that, I'm going to ask you to listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. To repent of that reason and to say, today is going to be different. Today, I will begin sharing my faith and introducing people to a relationship with Jesus. First reason is spiritual lethargy. Just a feeling, just, uh, I just don't care. Now, it's not that we don't care about people. The spiritual lethargy is we just don't care about their eternal destiny. It's like, all right, I've gotten saved. I've got my get-out-of-hell-free ticket. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. Uh, everybody else can find their own way. I'm just going to live my life in the comfort of my own uh, church, the comfort of my own relationship with Christ, do my thing and let other people find their way to Christ. It's not my responsibility and I'm just not going to think about what, what will happen to those around me if they do not have Christ. This is the result of a lack of spiritual growth because a lack of spiritual growth inevitably leads to a diminished desire to share Christ with others. It's just that feeling that I am not the one who should share others with Christ. By, by the way, some people say, well, I don't have the gift of an evangelist. Well, I don't have that gift either. There isn't a gift of an evangelist in the Scripture and in the New Testament, and that is someone who is a full-time evangelist. That's all that they do. But every one of us, every one of us who are born-again Christian, we have been called upon by God to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We've been given that command, given that those marching orders, and given that responsibility to let others know about Jesus. How do we know that? Two scriptures. John 3.16. I'm going to ask you to turn there with me. Some of you can quote this by heart. Uh, John 3.16 and then John 10.10. 10. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the absolute truth that Jesus has come to the world to save us from our sins. 
And then John 10.10, if you will turn there, John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus has come to change people's lives, and we see it time and time and time again. And may we get out of that spiritual lethargy, thinking that we're okay, so we'll let everybody else find their own way. Second reason is a growing inclusivism. Some people think, well, as long as, somebody, as, long as they find a way, that'll be okay. I mean, we believe in Jesus, and we believe that we're going to heaven because of our relationship with Jesus, but surely there are other ways to connect with God, and there are other ways that uh, they, they can find a, a spiritual path. I mean, there are so many different world religions to choose from, and this is glowing in, growing inclusivism that we say, well, it's okay as long as they find something that good people will go to heaven somehow because God is a God of love. That's what they think. The danger of that is you are not taking seriously the truth of the Scripture. Jesus says very clearly in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other way. Yes, they may be a good person. Yes, they may have done some good deeds. Yes, they may be a good neighbor, they may be a good co-worker, they may be a good student in school, they may do all of those things that are good, but unless they have a relationship with Jesus, they are lost and heading to a devil's hell. That is the truth. The third reason is, is growing disbelief in hell. Many Christians just come to a point where they, they don't believe in the reality of hell. Well, if we do not believe in the reality of hell, then we are discounting the reality of heaven because you cannot have one without the other. Some people are eager to, to grab onto the idea of heaven and think that I'll be going to heaven, but they have mistakenly believed that there is no such place called hell. Well, the scripture is full of references to hell, full of references of the place where people go who do not have a relationship with Christ. Because we have a growing disbelief in hell, we don't have the urgency to let others know about the good news of Jesus. Another reason is busyness. We're not doing bad things. We're just doing things that keep us from sharing the good news. It's, it's not really a thing we're doing bad. We're just get busy. And we can even get busy doing church things, doing, doing things that, uh, that sound good and that seem good and that, uh, that keep us occupied with what we're doing. But the bottom line is, whatever we do that does not help someone come to a relationship with Christ will not matter anything in the end. Only thing that matters after we leave this earth is what we have done for the kingdom of God. Nothing else matters. Another reason is fear of rejection. Oh, I just, I just don't know if I, if I can talk about spiritual things because I'm afraid that I'll get shot down and, and rejected. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a people person. I like to be liked by others. 
Uh, but I, I've gotten over that fear of rejection because I realize that if they reject me, they're not rejecting me, actually. They're rejecting the gospel. But out of the hundreds of conversations I've had with people about spiritual things, very, very few people have actually um, rejected me or actually been ugly about it. In fact, the statistics prove that. Tom Rainer also came out with a, a rating system of U5 through U1. U5 is someone who's resistant and antagonistic. That's someone who you try to share the gospel with. Not only will they reject it, but they'll also make your life miserable. That only makes up for 5% of unchurched people. Only 5. U4 is resistant, which means that they will not let you talk to them. They won't be ugly about it, but they won't let you talk to them. That makes up 21%. U3 is neutral, which means they could go either way. They, they don't really have a strong feeling either way. So they'll let you talk about spiritual things. They may not believe you, or they may not accept it, but they will at least let you talk about it. That makes up 36% of all unchurched people. U2 is receptive, which means somewhere along in their, in their line of uh, life, uh, they have heard about uh, Jesus, and they're receptive to hearing of what it means to have a relationship. They, they, they are open to... Uh, hearing about it and open to maybe making that decision. That makes up for 27%. And highly receptive are those who are ready to accept Christ. They just don't know how. They, they, just, don't, they just don't know how to do that. They are ready and willing. That makes up 11% of the unchurched. When you add those receptive, highly receptive and neutral, that is 74% of people that you will talk to that you do not know are at least willing to listen to you talk about Jesus Christ, 74%. Now, those of you who are math gurus like, like Joe, what is 100 minus 74? I know more than people than, 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 than Joe knows this. 26. That means only 26, only 26 people out of 100 that you try to share Christ with will not let you share Christ. 74% people will. Now, think about in batting average. What if a batter had a batting average of 700? Would he be considered a good batter? Yeah, probably never happened before. If he had a batting average of 300 or plus, he'd be considered great. You can have a batting average of 74% of, of 700. Isn't that wonderful and great? Nobody thinks so. All right. Well, let me tell you what happened back in November. Uh, I was part of a multi-language team uh, of sharing the gospel. We were doing gospel to every home back in November in an area of Owensboro that's primarily uh, populated by Hispanic and Burmese people. And so I was the Anglo person in case we find somebody that spoke English. So we, we knocked on several doors and a His Hispanic person, a Burmese person, whichever ethnicity they were, um, they would do the talking to begin with. Of course, with English-speaking person, I would do the talking. So he knocked on the door, and it was a Burmese man. Burmese lady began talking. I think he invited us in because she took her shoes off and said, let's go in. I don't know what they said, but I think that's what happened. So we took her shoes off. We went in through the door, and uh, so we got to talking. The, the Hispanic person said, Brother Nathan, why don't you share the gospel and let the Burmese person interpret I said, that sounds great. So I did. First time I've ever used an interpreter. 
And I got to talking. Um, I, I, used, I used my hand. I've shared that with you all before when I was here as pastor. I used my hand because it's a visual. And I got to this point where I said 2,000 years ago, a person by the name of Jesus went up to the top of a hill and died for our sins. His eyes got really big, like just something just startled him. And so I, I stopped, and I asked the Burmese person, Burmese lady, I said, find out what happened there, what, what occurred there. And so she asked him, and he said, for the last several months, I've been having a dream of someone going to the top of a hill and dying, but I had no idea what it meant. Now I know. That man died for me. And that day, that man accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. He was receptive. He was highly receptive. He was ready to make the decision for Jesus Christ. He just didn't know how. The Lord had been working on him. The, the Lord had been sending dreams to him. He, he had this vision of this happening. There are many, many people out there that you do not know yet that are receptive and highly receptive to receiving the gospel if we will just open our mouths and let others know about Jesus. The next reason is the desire to be tolerant because we don't want to offend anyone. We want to be uh, pleasant and nice around anyone and, and we're afraid that if we bring up Jesus that it will be considered to be intolerant. I heard this illustration one time and it's a great illustration. A person is, is in a burning building and the fire department comes up and the fireman sees someone in the building and the man says, just leave me alone. And the fireman does not, in, does not do anything because he doesn't want to offend the man that's in the building. That fireman would get fired. Because the man does not know what he's talking about. If he's in a burning building and he says, leave me alone, the fireman knows he's been trained. Let's go get him. We have been trained to go after those who are burning, who will be literally burning. We should not be afraid to tell the truth. To let others know that there is a better way. There is a relationship with Jesus. Another reason is losing the habit of witnessing. We just get out of the habit of it. And you know, if you get out of a good habit, it's hard to get back into it. Witnessing is a discipline like prayer and Bible study. We don't lose it. We will use it. If we don't use it, we will lose it. Excuse me. I said it backwards, didn't I? If we don't use it, we will lose it. One of the things that I enjoy, I've, I told people, I led some training yesterday. We went out sharing the good news in a neighborhood in Morganfield. And I said, just knocking on doors and just uh, telling others about Jesus. And I said, this is my second favorite uh, way of evangelizing. Second favorite way of sharing the good news. My first favorite, my very favorite, is when someone says, Brother Nathan, I know somebody who's under conviction. Can you go talk to him? I said, yes, I'll be right there. My second favorite is going on knocking on door to door. I remember one time when we did that with Bob and Brenda. Wasn't that an exciting night? We went out knocking on doors. I love doing that. Uh, we met a very, very nice couple. Had a great conversation with them. Um, I didn't know them, but uh, we, we found out they both had a relationship with Jesus, and it is so exciting to do that. However, if we ever lose the habit of doing that, if we ever get out of the habit of talking to people about Jesus, we may stop doing it altogether. So what's the best way to not, to not get out of a habit? Just keep doing it, right? Keep doing it. 
is to keep letting others know about Jesus. Another reason is lack of accountability because no one is going to challenge us on whether we do it or not. Just think about the pastor. I was a pastor for 35 years before I became an AMS, and it's the same story with every pastor. If a pastor does not prepare well for the sermons, he will hear about it. If a pastor does not visit someone in the hospital, he will hear about it. If a pastor does not visit someone in the nursing home, he will hear about it. If the pastor does not uh, take care of the needs of the church, he will hear about it. But if he does not evangelize, very few people will call him on that because he just may say, well, why don't you go with me? So there's really no accountability. And that's even less with people in the life of the church, not the pastor. There's a pastor in our association. He does a great thing. His name is Mike Jones, pastor of Macedonia Baptist Church. Every Tuesday, they have a staff meeting. And at that staff meeting, every staff person has to give an account of at least three times that they have talked about spiritual things with someone they did not know. That's a great thing. That's a great thing to have, to know that every Tuesday morning, they're going to have to give an account of what they have done the previous week about sharing about Jesus Christ. Another reason is a failure to invite. We, we just don't invite people to have a relationship with Jesus. We don't even invite people to attend church with us. Did you know that 75% of people who came to church for the very first time came because somebody they knew invited them? If you invite a U1 person, 97% said, if somebody I knew invited me to come to church, I'd go to church with them. A U2, 97%. A U3, 86%. A U4, 62%. And even the U5, 20% of them said, if somebody I knew invited me to church, I just may go. But yet we fail to invite people to come to church. He tells a story of Angela, Vicky, and Darlene. Angela was a Christian. She lived her Christian walk at work. Uh, everybody knew that she was a churchgoer and that she was a Christian. Vicky was lost, but she didn't know really what to do with that. And she was hoping that one day Angela would invite her to church, but she never did. Finally, they were talking about it. Darlene, another co-worker, heard uh, Vicky talking about it with Angela at the table. And she turned to Angela. And she said, sounds to me, you, you need to invite this girl to church. And she did. And she came and she got saved. Isn't it wonderful how things happen when we just open our mouths and we just share the good news? The last reason is people choose to attend churches that are not reaching because they figure they, won't, they will not be called on to do anything to reach the lost if I attend a church that is not reaching the lost. Well, you can change that. You can be the person that causes a spark. Well, there are four ways that you can make this question a part of your everyday life. Four ways that you can begin having spiritual conversations with people around you. One, pray that God will give you the courage to speak up. Every day, say, Lord, please give me the courage to speak up today. Please, please help me to just know what to say and when to say it. To invite someone to a relationship with you. Two, Pray for someone to talk to. So not only pray for courage to say something, but pray for someone to talk to. That, Lord, send someone across my path today. Send someone in my uh, everyday uh, journey today that I can share the good news of Jesus. Three, find someone to be accountable to. 
you can be you can be accountable together that this person you know every week you're going to have to share with them what you did in sharing the good news of Jesus and the fourth thing is to invite someone to church with you this coming week some say well how do I even do that well I'm I'm going to share with you Sarah, something very simple is, is what I do but I would encourage you to find something that you feel comfortable with uh, this is what we do on door-to-door and uh, it, it's, if you don't have a whole lot of time, this is something that you can do. So I knock on the door, I step back, and I say, hi, I'm Nathan, this is Josh, this is Tammy. We're from Tunnel Hill Baptist Church. We're out meeting our neighbors and sharing the gospel. Let them talk. I like to talk a lot, but that time I, I let them talk for a little bit. And then I have a gift for you. So Josh, make sure you have a gift for everybody to give out, something from your church. Give about the gift. Have you done gospel to every home yet? Great. Uh, that, that is a great gift to have. Has it, do, do you know about the DVD in there? Hey, wonderful. Do you know how many languages the DVD comes in? That is correct. That is correct. Uh, on the DVD itself, it has eight different languages that are on the DVD. So if you, if you come across someone and you're doing gospel to every home that does not uh, speak English... Uh, look at the back of the DVD, point to one of those, and see if that matches any language that they, that they speak. If not, take your smartphone out. It has a barcode on the DVD. Take a picture of the barcode, and you'll get 165 other languages. And so I had them choose one of those. I bet you one of those languages that person speaks. And then just uh, let them know it's about Jesus. So that's a great gift. That's what we gave away yesterday was the Gospel at Every Home Packet. So I have, I have a gift for you. And then I ask, do you ever think about spiritual things? And you'll be surprised the answers that people give. Some people, one person said, nope. So we were done. <laughs> Others say, yes. Another person said, I think about him all the time. And then I ask, well, to you, who is Jesus? Let them talk. Let them share. And then I ask, can I share with you how Jesus changed my life? If they say yes, give your testimony in three minutes or less, Josh. Three minutes or less. Share your testimony about what God has done for you. And then ask, has anything like this ever happened to you? And then if not, ask him, can I share with you how Jesus can change your life? So we did some door-to-door visitation just a few months ago. I led training for that, and the two people on my team had never done this before at all. They were both newbies. Uh, one of them was a member of our churches. Another person came in from Louisville to take the training. So we went to the, her church's neighborhood to do the door-to-door. We knocked on, and I said, you'll get all kinds of responses. We knocked on one door, uh, met a fellow who was very nice, uh, knocked on the next door, met, on a lady, met a lady who was very nice. They happened to be brother and sister. Knocked on the third door, or didn't even knock on the door. The couple was outside. They ignored us. One went to the home, another went to the car. And so no contact at all. Knocked on the fourth door. And by this time, I had asked the young man, would you like to lead the session? I would like to lead the, uh, the interaction. He said, sure. So he knocked on the door, asked all those questions. And she said, yes, I would love to know how Jesus can change my life. So he used in the Gospel to Every Home, there is a gospel uh, acronym to be used. If you don't already have a way to share the gospel, he used that shared the gospel with her, and she prayed to invite Christ into her heart right there on her doorstep. 
we were near the ladies' church, so I said, make sure you tell your pastor, do follow-up, uh, come back and see this person and follow, follow up with them. It is the most exciting thing to hear someone pray and invite Jesus into their heart. Most exciting thing. And the great news is, this is something that any one of us can do. The question is, will you? Will you be that one in 85? Will you be that one that will say, I'm not going to be silent any longer. This week, this week, I'm going to ask someone if they have any spiritual thoughts. And then I'm going to ask them, who is Jesus? And I'm going to ask them, can I share with you how Jesus changed my life? And I'm going to ask them, can I share with you how Jesus can change your life? If you don't know how to share the gospel, get with Brother Josh. He'll, he'll be happy to help you know. He can, he can take a tract with you. You can use your hand that I've shown before. Uh, you can use uh, the Evangel Cube. You can use the three circles. You can use faith. You can use CWT, EE, the Roman Road. Um, there's all kinds of things you can use. So this week, that question, wherefore standest thou without? Let's begin inviting people in to a relationship with Jesus. Let's not let anyone go lost around us without at least giving an opportunity to hear about the good news of Jesus. Let's make sure that we are that one of 85 and that we are telling others about Jesus. Let us pray. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for what a joy it is to be here at Tunnel Hill Baptist Church. We thank you for the privilege of being one of your children. And Father, I pray for that if there's anyone here today, Lord, that does not know who Jesus is or has not made him Lord of their life, that, to, that today they may repent of their sin, believe that Jesus is your son, and confess him as Lord through prayer. Father, I pray if there's someone here that has failed to share the good news of Jesus, Lord, may your Holy Spirit speak to their heart this very moment. May they confess that sin before you, Lord. And may you give them a, an urgency and a desire and an opportunity to share the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ. May each heart in this place be open to your leadership. And Lord, may we follow as you lead. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.